no, we, you know, I mean, we, we just, we, the bears are what we thought they were. They're what we thought they were. Say that one more time, play. One more time. One more time. Bear Essentials Podcast is sponsored by Kins Lager Brewery, located in Oak Park, Illinois. They're a local lager-focused brewery. The tap room is currently closed, but you can still order online for local delivery or curbside pickup. The Bear Essentials Podcast listeners will receive a 15% discount on your order by using promo code BEARSPOD. Please visit them at kinslager.com. That's spelled K-I-N-S-L-A-H-G-E-R.com. Welcome to The Bear Essentials. We are a Chicago Bears podcast for the fans. On today's show, we will break down the Bears' Week 16 victory over the Jaguars and much more. Hey, Dub, man. How you doing, bruh? I'm doing well, man. How about you, Press? Well, you know, Club Dub is back open again. <laughs> yes, sir. No, no, no big deal. No big deal. <laughs> Keep it going, man. Keep that streak man. alive. Man, keeping them good vibes going, bruh. Yes, sir. Man, but I'll tell you one thing. We we said it on the preview pod, and we even said it on the episode before that, man. Got to take this thing one game at a time. These guys went down there to Jacksonville. They handled that business, man. It was a business trip, and it was a successful business trip. Absolutely. And the way we won, big league, held on to it. That's fantastic. Yeah, man. I mean, that's what you're supposed to do, right? When you, when you play against a bad team, you got to get it done, right? We took out the trash today. Yes, we did, especially in that second half. <laughs> yes, sir, man. Well, man, before we get into the nuts and bolts of the episode, man, let's go in and go over our uh, keys uh, to victory um, that we discussed on the preview pod. So I'm going to start with yours. Your first one was let A-Rob eat. You wanted us to target him. How do you think we did with that today? Oh, man, we did an excellent job there. I mean, he ate all day pretty much. So uh, I was very excited to see that happening. Eat, eat, eat. Yes, sir. Uh, your second one, you wanted us to keep pressure on Minshew. At that time, we didn't know that he was not going to start today. But in this essence, hey, keep pressure on Glennon. How do you think we deal with that situation? First half, we didn't do well. Second half, we did an excellent job. So I will say it's a tale of two halves when we talk about pressure. Okay. I have more thoughts on that when we get into the episode. But uh, as I digress. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, my keys real quick. I'm not going to go into them too deep, man. But the first one I had was limiting Robinson. Robinson didn't play today. So obviously just basically limiting the Jaguars running game. And just to your point, Taylor, two halves. That first half, uh, the their, that offense ran the ball down our throats. The second half, we we put a little handle on that, on that running game. But it's also because the game was a little bit out of reach for the Jaguars, so they had to go away from the running game. So it's just one of those situations that I think we need to tighten that up, especially going forward. Absolutely. We're going to be a plus. Uh, something we're going to do differently we play against the Packers. Exactly, right? And then my second key, A-Dub, was pound the football. You and I have been talking on this show about the importance of running the football. Uh, I've also talked about the importance of having a balanced offense. And I think that today, uh, when I look at Montgomery getting 23 carries, step in the right direction, also was still concerned that he only had eight carries in the first half. Uh, Mitch had 20 pass attempts in that first half. I would like to see us get a little bit more balanced. But in the second half of the game, Montgomery got 15 carries. So I like seeing that. But would like to see more of that balance there in that first half of the game. Oh, yeah. You spot on with that. I didn't see enough running plays uh, with Montgomery in the first half. But I'm kind of glad we figured some of them things out in the second half. 
Absolutely, absolutely, man. Well, let's get into this thing. So we got a lot to unpack in this ball game. 41 to 17 victory over the Jaguars. Before we get into it, in this ball game, we had Jalen Johnson, who was out again with the shoulder injury. You and I discussed on the preview pod how we thought, hey, it might not be a bad idea to give him one more week rest uh, on that shoulder injury, especially since we were going against the Jaguars. Um, Ken, uh, Kendall Vildor came in and replaced him. Um, what I look at with this matchup today is it looked like um, it looked like Glennon was definitely targeting, uh, you know, Vildor a lot there in that, in that first half of the ball game. And that was an area where you and I even talked about, you know, having, you know, younger players there in that secondary. That's yeah. an area that teams would maybe looking to exploit. And hopefully going against Green Bay, we'll get our veteran guys back. What do you think there with uh, with Jalen Johnson being out today? Oh, with him with him being out today, that kind of hurt us a little bit, you know, because you're right. Builder was targeted a lot, and I figured they would probably pick on him a little bit more this game, you know. But the thing is, it kind of relied heavily on the fact that we didn't get a lot of pressure on Glenn in the first half, so he had a little bit more time. And, of course, with him having a little bit more time to throw the football, he was going to target, you know, the um, Vildor, which he did. So, uh, yeah, I think next game we have, hopefully we have um, um, Jalen Johnson back. That'll be a plus for us. Right. And we also have Buster Screen that was out with the concussion. Uh, man, he's been out. Well, well, this is the third game that he's missed, man. I'm, I'm starting to get a little concerned with this one because, you know, maybe there's something like, you know, concussion protocol wise or symptom wise that he's struggling with a little bit. But he's missed a lot of time with this concussion. Yeah. And the thing is, like you said before, Perez, uh, maybe the Bears um, trying to be precautious with him and um, Jalen Johnson. And the fact that we didn't have both of them today, it meant that we wanted to get them a probably more extended time of rest to hopefully be back to 100% because we're going to need them for next game if possible. Yeah, and then that's the thing, too. Like, I definitely want to see both of those guys back out there, especially if we're going against number 12 uh, next week. I want I want those guys back out there. I want, I want, um, I want Screen back out there in the uh, slot, and I want J.J. out there on the boundary. I just That, that would make me feel very comfortable going for it. Absolutely, because Shelly and uh, Vilgore, ah, I don't know, man. Against those guys over there, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. And the thing about it is, is that those two are filled in admirably. But like I said, man, I, I just want to get I just want to get our full strength lineup back and uh, and get our defense back to to high efficiency, because in this ball game today, the Jaguars with, were without James Robinson. We mentioned uh, on the preview pod that there was a chance that he may not play. Well, he didn't play. But then we see that the backup running back for the Jaguars had himself a pretty decent half there um, on defense. I thought there were some times there where we didn't tackle him well. And that offensive line uh, for the Jaguars, they were getting some good push on our defensive line. What did you think there when you kind of saw some of what was going on with the Jaguars running game in that first half? Um, I thought what it showed to me was that uh, it was something that we weren't expecting, <laughs> you know, uh, going forward with the fact of uh, their number one running back being hurt. So it kind of punched us in the mouth uh, a little bit unexpectedly. And with that standpoint, we kind of really couldn't sustain that in the first half. So uh, I did see those guys getting a good push on us. Again, caught us slipping. And it, 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 we paid for it. We definitely did. And and you remember in the preview pile where I told you uh, this game, I kind of had like a little bit of that weird feeling and it, it just didn't sit right with me. And we had some bad vibes there in that first half. It had a real a weird feel to the game. You know, you brought up earlier how, hey, man, this was a tale of two halves. And I'm telling you, that first half, bro, I kind of went into that third quarter like, hey, man, what y'all got? Because I, I was not happy with what I saw in that first half today, brother. Oh, I wasn't happy either. I said a team that's won what what one game this year, and this yeah. is how we're playing, and we're playing like they're actually a team in the playoffs. So I think we didn't play our 
our best game. I mean, we didn't put any pressure on their running game. Uh, we didn't scheme for it. You can tell we didn't scheme for it. And it was very obvious with the fact that how many rushing plays they were getting going on us um, that were standing drives. So it all kind of played out and showed. It really did. Um, what was your here comes the boom moment? And we got another here comes the boom moment because our team has been playing their asses off as of late. But what was your here comes the boom moment for today's game? Oh, man, my here comes the boom moment. It came with that pass to Jimmy Graham for our first touchdown, baby. Okay. And here's why that play was so much for me, uh, the the here comes the boom one. Because, again, one, we were in the red zone. That's first. We had Jimmy Graham in the game in the red zone. That's a plus. Two, we realized from last game, right, that they were double-teaming Jimmy Graham. And what we did this time frame, we made him – battle with A-Rob right in that same area. So A-Rob slants over to the middle, and then we had Jimmy Graham to go to the middle instead of going to the outside. So I thought that was the plus, and it threw the defense off um, off target on that. So it was a good pass, good play design, good execution. I'm not going to lie to you, brother. When, when, when Mitch threw that ball, I rewound that play like three times, man. To see him get that ball into that tight space like that, I mean, that was a damn good ball, man. Yes, it was. It was a good target, man. I was I was proud of Mitch on that play because he he actually, man, made it happen as well. So good design play, good execution all over. Yeah, that's a good one, man. Um, my here comes the boom moment, man, came uh, late in that second quarter. It was on the play with Roquan Smith when he got that interception. And I thought that came at a really key time for us because it came after Mitch's very bad red zone pick, which we'll get into a little bit later on. But I thought, man, that really regained some momentum for us heading into the half because then what we were able to do was we were able to convert that turnover into points for the offense, right? Um, right. We ran a really smart play over the middle to commit, got down, called the timeout, and we set it up for a Santos field goal. And yes. his 24th consecutive field goal, I might add, thank you, Cairo Santos. But Yes, sir. But I would say, man, that Roquan pick to me, it came at the right time. He did fumble. That shit made me a little nervous. I mean, he, fumbled, <laughs> he fumbled both of his uh, his picks today. But, yeah, man, they, we got to work on that with you, Roquan. But, brother, great pick. Oh, yeah, man. That was a good play. You, you really uh, – I mean, he was – he dropped back in coverage very well in that play. Read it very well. Got it out the air. I said that was awesome. So, that's a good play call. That's a good um, a good one, yeah. Yeah, man. And I, and I just say, man, like that in, – in these type of ball games, when momentum starts to slip, uh, that was really key uh, for us just going into the half, right? Because that now that changes the game a little bit uh, going into the third quarter. It kind of takes a little bit of pressure off now because you have the lead. The right. other thing is you and I have talked about this in the past with this defense. We need these guys to create turnovers. We need them to wreak havoc. And so when this defense is starting to make plays like that, this is a whole totally different ball club, man, because we know that if this defense is starting to get pressure on, on quarterbacks, they start to, you know, get interceptions or they maybe start getting fumble recoveries or whatever the case may be, that is making the job for this offense very easy. Oh, I totally agree with you from that standpoint. And you hit it right on the head, man, that momentum. I mean, once you start to get turnovers, that switches, that changes all the momentum that an offense can have. So I will say from the standpoint for us, we gave them no momentum once we got that interception right there. That took all the life out of the Jaguars after that. Yeah, and and when I look at this game, um, the defensive game plan for this game, as I mentioned earlier, I wasn't happy with the way that we uh, played against the run in that first half. There was that one play where the Jaguars were in I formation. They ran it right up the gut for 26 yards, and that fullback, he got a nice little kickout block. And when I saw that, I said, damn, man, I'm like, 
how come we can't ever run out of the I-formation on all this? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> no, that's a good point, man. I didn't like that play at all. I mean, of course, because we're on we defense. Of course, if it happens to you, you're not going to like it. But, man, I say for them, that was a good design play. But it did shock the hell out of me, the fact that, hey, look, we can't keep letting these guys keep running on us like this, man. Let's no. do something about that. No. And, and then the other thing, too, was, to your point earlier about not getting pressure on Glennon, Glenn is not a mobile quarterback, bro. He's a statue back there. Right. We did not get enough pressure on him. And the thing about it was, he was starting to move that ball a little bit. He was pretty solid there in that first half. And that play that he made on Vildor, yeah. I mean, that was just a perfect play because he had time to throw. And Vildor on that play didn't get his head turned around. But I thought Pagano could have did a better job uh, getting some pressure because what we saw there were a couple times there where he did a bigger blitz. Remember when they brought Danny Trevathan in that delayed blitz and they yeah. sacked Glennon? Yeah, I thought he could have done more of that because when a guy like Glennon back there make him uncomfortable to your to your point with your previous key. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, this is why I hate. You know, I'm very big on this part of it here as well. I hate that soft coverage. You know, I hate that. Right. And, and that was one of those plays, like you said, we didn't get no pressure on Glennon, but we also played a soft coverage, meaning that we let these guys be able to run yards up on us first before they get a catch. And he just called Vildor pretty much snoozing on that play there. Again, Glennon had a lot of time and then that big play. So that point, that's kind of why I think that Vildor isn't being utilized correctly because they have him playing more off coverage, and I think that they should let him press more. Um, yeah. Just because I think that's that suits his skill set a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's the strength of his going back to college. But I think that that's something that that Pagano could have did a better job of. Um, oh. But Vildor's got to make that play, so he's got to get his head around. Oh, I totally agree with you from that standpoint. Yep, he got caught slipping on one. <laughs> he definitely get, got caught slipping. Um, but I would just say, man, for the most part on defense, I mean, these guys, outside of like what happened there in that first half, they came out in the second half, bro, and they got the job done. There were three and outs. You start to see Glennon start to press because now he doesn't have the benefit of being able to run the football. And you see now what happens with a guy like that when you have basically tell him, hey, go and win us the ball game. Go, go get us some touchdowns. Exactly. He, that man showed us who he is. He, he's trash. You know, and so he played trash, and, and that's why they're a 1-14 ball club right now. I totally agree with you from that standpoint. It was shocking they didn't even start him for this game. But the thing is, what this shows you is like, hey, this is what the Bears had to deal with with having him. We just, it's the reason why we didn't want him anymore <laughs> because of things like this, the plays like this. You know, um, he just showed that, you know, after the first half, he wasn't able to get the job done if we rely heavily on him. No, he he, he really didn't. And I would say this, um, it was kind of funny, like looking at some of the people on Bears Twitter uh, talking about Mike Glennon because a lot of people were saying seeing him on the field today triggered them. And a lot of people were saying it was just painful to be reminded that he was a, a starting quarterback for this ball club at one point in time. Right. Oh, yeah. It did show, didn't it? That second half. I was like, hey, that, that pickoff by, um, you know, um, like you said, by uh, Roquan Smith, it was like, hey, we know you do. We really do know you. <laughs> so I like we don't know what you're able to do. Right. Exactly. And the one thing, too, from that first half that I quickly wanted to touch on, A-Dub, and I thought this could have been a key moment for the Jaguars, they ran that fake uh, punt and it converted. Um, But there was a holding penalty on the play, which bailed us out. And I thought that could have been a really key moment for the Jaguars in this game because they caught us by surprise on that. Oh, yeah, they did, man. And you're right, man. This is what ticks me off, like, in that first half. Again, we we were so relaxed that we weren't even playing hard against them. And the thing is, we could have blew the lead, you know, to where that could have impacted us, that play there, to where they could have continued to extend the drive. And they had a lot of momentum going their way, actually, from that standpoint, what it appeared to be. 
Yeah, I mean, they definitely did. So, like I said, we we caught a really good break there. Um, I've been very tough on Pagano this season. Um, his his defensive uh, squad only gave up 17 points today, seven of which came in garbage time. And I will say this. we uh, For our audience that's listening, uh, you guys know that we're doing the uh, the prize for uh, autographed Richard Dent uh, football. I mean, not a football, a photo. And uh, basically, uh, Cousin Heidi, one of our followers, had predicted that the game would be 41 to 10. And so if uh, if Glennon didn't throw that last touchdown there in the fourth quarter, she would have walked away with that prize. So I know she probably hates Mike Glennon even more now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure off that, man. That was a, a garbage play, as you can say. You know, the garbage points, that's what they got. Yeah, nobody cares about that. Right. And the one thing I want to piggyback on what you were sharing about, you know, um, lucky plays, whatever, in regards to, um, you know, them taking their foot off the gas. Um, they made a mistake, you know, on that plastic commit down the middle to where uh, we were able to set up a field goal for uh, for Santos. It was like they decided to push everybody back to the end zone with like eight seconds left. We made a good pass to uh, commit that set up for a 40-yard field goal from Santos. And I was thinking to myself, like, why would the coach do that <laughs> for the Jaguars? But thanks, we'll take it. Well, they showed you why they're 1-13, A-Dub. That's, that's why they did that. Right. <laughs> Poorly coached team, and they're trash. That's, that's exactly. it. Yeah, Fair don't try enough. to yeah, don't try to figure out trash, man. Trash is trash. <laughs> <laughs> All we could do was empty it, which is what we did. <laughs> yes, we did. Yes, we did. Um, looking at offense today. Now, I'm just gonna tell you this, brother. I was happy with some of what I saw in that first half. I like the fact that I saw we were playing still with the up tempo. We were playing with cadence. That first drive, a dub, I thought was really, really good because the running game opened up the bootleg opportunities for Mitch, right? Right. And I told you before, I really like how Laser is continuing to cut the field in half for Mitch, right? So it basically minimizes the mistakes and allows him just not to have to go through so many reads. So in that first drive that you brought up in your uh, Here Comes the Boom moment that ended in uh, Jimmy Graham's touchdown, I really enjoyed that drive because it was a mix of all the things that I really have enjoyed with Bill Laser taking over his play call. What did you think there about that first drive? That first drive, I thought it was awesome, man. I thought, you're right. We put everyone in good position to where they can be most effective. Like you said, we put Mitch on the bootleg, right? That's awesome. He doesn't have to think too hard, right? Good for him. We got Monty involved. That's awesome. Good for him. And I think we also may have gotten A-Rob involved as well. So we kind of like got all our pieces together saying this is how we're going to attack this game. So I like that whole that, that play calling. I thought it was excellent with that. Yeah, uh, to your point, yes, uh, A-Rob was also targeted often on that drive. And your boy uh, Jimmy Graham, man, he played his best game as a bear today. I'm ready to to give him some props today because he definitely showed me a little something out there. That's about, what, seven TDs of the year? I'll take it. Seven or is it eight? I, I can't I can't. I, I, I don't can't know. Remember. Something like they got two today, so I don't know. Yeah. Right, probably seven or eight, right? One yeah. or two, but he's been playing well. I'll, I'll take that. And I'll just say this, man. When you look at this game offensively, um, in that first half, I do have a thing that I need to just point out real quick because this is one of those situations where I feel like Nagy might have gotten involved. I hate it that end around to Cole Komet at the goal line on the one-yard line. I'm like, dude, you have the ball on the goal line. You got David Montgomery back there. This kid leans forward and gets a yard. Stop being cute. And you could just tell that that was a Nagy play call. Man, that play right there really hurt. That stopped us from getting seven points there. You know that, right? Of uh, course. That was, I, I mean, there was no reason to not run it to, with Montgomery. We got too cute. Like you said, we got too cute. We didn't need them doing these trick plays. Keep it simple, man. What's working, let it continue to work. Don't change it up. If it's working, let it work. 
Montgomery's doing pretty good. He's been doing his way for weeks now. Let him eat. Nothing wrong with that. That's one of those plays where Nagy needs to stay out of grown people's conversation. Let Bill Lazor do his job, bro. That that was definitely you could tell that was a Matt Nagy play call. He's like, let's let's see what we could do to trick these guys. Because you know Matt Nagy's always got to be the smartest guy in the room. <laughs> <laughs> it was an unnecessary trick, though, man. It's like it's unnecessary. Don't need it. Not not this time frame. Dude, your playoff aspirations are on the line with this game, and you're calling trick plays on the fucking goal line, bro. <laughs> exactly. I think, was it first down or something like that? You call a trick play on first down at that. Come yeah, on, cause, man. Because we lost yards. And then what we do on second down, we decide to give it to Montgomery, and he gets three yards. I'm like, well, if you'd have done that on first and goal, we would have had a touchdown there. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, Nagy, yeah, I, I was pretty uh, disappointed in that play for sure. Because speaking of momentum, I thought that that killed momentum there because we were a little flat after that stall drive. Oh, yeah, yeah, it did. It came back to bite you. That's why it's always important, like you always talk about, you and I talk about, it's important to take advantage of what you can't take advantage of. And I think right there, we, we lost something there. Exactly, exactly. But I will say this, man. I love how Bill Lazor, as our play caller, is turning Matt Nagy into a Mike Tomlin on his ball club, right? Because what Mike Tomlin has done best in this NFL that a lot of people don't talk about is he's kind of like an overseer and a delegator of his team. And I think mm-hmm. with Nagy, where I think his strengths are, are with keeping a locker room, having a good culture, right? Because you think right. about this. When they lost all those games in a row, A-Dub, I mean, you remember how the fan base was or how Bears Twitter was. I mean, it was a shit show. And Correct. the thing about it is, he was able to keep that locker room together. Those players never lost belief in themselves and the end goal. And you have to give credit to him as the overseer of that, right? I may, right. I may go I in on him with the play calling, but you have to give him credit for what he's been able to do with keeping his team playing hard every week. Oh, I totally agree. And the fact that he was willing to even give up play calling, you know, the fact that he looked himself in the mirror says a lot as well. So if you do that, hey, you start to reevaluate re- your own self and what you're doing wrong, I'm okay with that, bro. So I'm kind of glad that he was able to do that. Yeah, I mean, he was able to look himself in the mirror. I mean, it probably also helped that, you know, you probably had Chicago media that was kind of coming down and they put that pressure. But at the end of the day, he still didn't have to give up the play calling and I'm glad that he did. He was able to check his ego. For that, I'm definitely appreciative. Yep, absolutely. And it opened uh, up some doors. So opened up some doors for Mitch to look good. Yeah, exactly, brother. And another thing, too, and I know you're going to be happy to hear me bring up this next point. I really like the way that we're continuing to use your boy Mooney out there, bro. Oh, man. Money Moon! Money yes, Moon! Sir. Yes, sir. He oh, didn't, yeah. He, he didn't get in the end zone like you thought, but guess what, bro? I'm going to tell you this. His speed, that's something, man, that teams have to respect and they have to game plan against and I really like the fact that they continue to get this kid the ball in places where he can utilize that speed. Because when you see him get those catches that he's going up the sideline, bro, he's, yeah. like a, he's like a blur. Oh, I agree with you, man. In those short passes, when you lay off of him, this is what speed can do, right? When you lay off speed like that and give him that much space, oh, it can come back to bite you. And Mooney with that speed, man, he catches like on the outside through screens or whatever you want to call it. He can go. He got a quick burst, man. He really did. He really did. Um, he's having a very strong rookie season. And uh, Anthony Miller, I mean, bro. <laughs> Mooney has definitely taken your job, bro, because I'm telling you, Miller made a couple catches out there, but, man, Mooney was the guy that was flashing, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I like the fact that he had dropped one. He dropped his first pass today, you know, which is, uh, was a shocker, though. It was a screenplay going left. But what did he end up doing right after that? Mitch targeted him again. He caught the pass. Round the money. I was like, okay, hey, look, that one play, put it behind him. Came right back with a good catch. 
And that's what and that's what good ball players do, man. Because you gotta think about it. You and I both have talked about with him. He doesn't play like a rookie. Neither does Jalen Johnson, right? That's something you have to give Ryan Pace credit for because he drafted these guys and these guys have come ready to play. And the thing about it is, like you mentioned, the fact that he did have that drop, and it was a bad drop, but he came right back and made a play, right? So the football, you got to forget that last play. You got to go out there with the next play mentality. And Darnell Mooney did today. And the thing about it is, I am so glad that so many teams passed on him because this kid right here in the fifth round was a, a hell of a draft find for us. Oh, yes, it was. And guess what? We may have found our number two. Oh, yeah, we definitely found our number two. Man, Anthony Miller, man. I, and I listen, man, I know we were hard on Ant Miller with the mistakes and stuff like that, and I still think he's got talent. But I'm just saying that this made me go to show how good Darnell Mooney is. And the thing about this, we still haven't even seen how good he can be. Oh, no, we have not. And guess what? We have not seen him in a deep ball yet. Uh, we started to see him, you know, get out there, whatever. And there's some mis, you know, miscommunication, not quite miscommunication, but some misoverthrows from Mitch from that standpoint. But guess what? When he started making those big plays like that, watch out. Man, definitely watch out. Watch out for sure. Um, one of the things that I was happy with with the offense today was that they took advantage of the turnovers. Obviously, with this defense creating some turnovers today, the offense did a really good job of converting on those. That first half uh, turnover, we converted it, got a field goal. And then the second half, on the next uh, turnover that the defense got, Roquan got another pick, we right. were able to punch it in for a touchdown. And that was something that I was really happy with seeing today. Oh, yeah, it's always a plus, man. Anytime you can convert off turnovers, that's big. That's huge, man. That way you keep the momentum going and you put a lot more pressure on the opponents. And I think from this standpoint, it made that it made it made it made a nightmare for um Glennon from that standpoint, because again, the points started to pile up and it made it very impossible for those guys to come back. Yeah, I mean, because you're playing with house money at that point. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> One of the things that I wanted to touch on with you, because you brought up a really good point about the tail of two halves earlier, right? So on both sides of the ball, it was a tail of two halves. But on, on offense, right, we saw in the game today, the offense, they started out pretty strong, had a, a good drive there. Then we stalled, and then it was just kind of a little flat there towards the uh, the second quarter, right, until going into the half. Going into that second half and the way that they came out, bro, I loved that drive, that, that opening drive of the third quarter. I said, damn, that is a statement drive, and that was the best drive that I saw in the second half all season for this ball club. What you think there, man? Oh, man, that first drive right there, man, was huge. I mean, what makes it huge is that so much happened on that drive, though, man. If you really think about it, it was a lot that went on that drive. We had what? I mean, you had A-Rod making good plays. You had uh, your boy uh, Montgomery making good plays. I mean, everything was just clicking, man. They came out the out the um first half and say, you know what, we're going to change some things around. And that's one thing you want to see from a team from that standpoint, how they change things around. And I thought the conversion on that fourth down um, was huge with A-Rob. I thought the third and three, again, to A-Rob was huge. And that set up everything for you know who. So, you know, yep. for Mitch to run it in, you know. So I yep. thought we were just cooking. Yeah, we definitely were cooking. And in that second half of offense, they came out with the idea of putting the Jaguars away. There was no more fucking around, right? And that was the exactly. thing. Bill Lazor, has shown to be a very measured play caller. He's not predictable. And when we start to see foolishness out there, that's when we know that Matt Nagy is, is, is meddling. But I would say this, man. That was a statement drive. We drove down the field. Obviously, it ended with Trubisky running it in for the score. But then right. they followed it up their next drive with another third-quarter touchdown drive. Right, right, right. Exactly, exactly. And that's what your boy Monty got in that end zone. Yes, <laughs> so, sir. yeah, man, that was good. I mean... That was also good from that standpoint, that drive there. I mean, we kept um, um, 
We kept uh, Mitch in, in, in the um, shotgun. I thought that was good as well. And we allowed to do a couple play action fakes to, to get some things going. But what I think I did thought that I thought was pretty cool there when um, Nagy called that third and two, a timeout in that play to get things ordered <laughs> to make sure we drop a pretty good play. And what we ended up doing, doing a pretty good play for A-Rob to keep that drive going. Yeah, uh, that was a really good play call. That was a really good play call. I give yeah. him props there. What else do I want to give props to as well? Doing that play drive, doing that drive for that touchdown? What's that? I want to give Leno some credit, man, on that block. On that block that led to Munch to get into that end zone. Yeah, that was a nice block. That was a yeah. nice block. But I would tell you this also. Montgomery was running the ball on that, in that second half. He was running the ball nasty, bro. Yeah, nasty. Well, I agree. I'm like, God damn, get him, Monty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, he was looking good, man. He was looking good. I mean, yeah. And I'm glad he was cooking. And the most important, like you said, Press, I'm glad we was giving him the ball, you know, because I was yeah. concerned in that first half. And we kept going to him in that second half, which shows that. And he was executing. So, hey, keep it going. And he looked good on that drive. Yes, sir. And for the fourth consecutive game, this Bears team has scored 30 points, brother. That's huge, man. That's huge. Looking good since you know who been in that lineup. Man, don't even talk to me about that son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I got mad when he was in the game at garbage time today. I'm like, man, get this guy off of me. Get this guy off my <laughs> TV screen. And you know what? I was kind of mad too, you know, because I was going back and forth with some guys online about, you know, about, about, about Foles. It was like, man, I think Foles still hurt. I was like, no, he ain't. He ain't hurt. He ain't hurt. <laughs> it's just Mitch is doing his job. That's all. Yeah. No, that, that man got his job taken. He ain't That's hurt it. no more. Yeah. Exactly. Uh-uh. But no, I was mad as hell. I'm like, yeah. And then, and then when they have him throw the ball, he almost threw a pick. I'm like, see? This yep. that, sh- this, this, that, sh- this that shit. <laughs> this what got him benched right here. <laughs> man. Yep. You know, because but this is my thing, man. You know, we talked about this in our season preview. And I think you even kind of hit on this part. And you was like, look, man, we're going to see both of these quarterbacks, but we could see a switch back to Mitch at some point, right? So you call right. that. And my whole thing is this, man. Mitch Trubisky, we know he's probably not the long-term solution at quarterback for this franchise. But guess what? As we both have talked about on the show, he gives us the best chance to win with this team that we have right now. This team has rallied around him. And I'll say this too. I think that Mitch is the best quarterback for us to go into next season with as well. Yep, exactly. I told a groupie from that standpoint, I think we should sign Mitch back. And the thing is, everyone was talking about what he cannot do. I get that, right? He has some struggles going down the field. I totally get it. But the thing is, these are things you can work on in the offseason as well. But what you can do is utilize what he's, do, what he's great at doing. And I think that's what Bill Lazor is doing. Put him in the bootleg, shorten the field up, let him react quickly, and he'll make some good decisions doing that. And he has, you know? He actually has, man. And the thing about it is, Focus on what the kid does well, right? Because for all of the things that he isn't, there's still some talent there. And there's a lot of things that he can do. And I right. think that a lot of people don't, they don't pay attention to that part because they're so fixated on who we passed up uh, to draft him. And I said, look, man, this is the guy that we have. Let's roll. Because we still have pieces on this office. This is a very talented office, as you and I have talked about on this show many times. And they're showing that. I right. mean, score 30 points in the NFL in this type of league, you have to be able to put points up. I love the fact that we're showing that we can compete with these teams in the league by putting points up. Right. And I think we have done it, what, several times? What, like you said, four times in a row? That's that's awesome. It shows that if we continue doing this here, going at this rate, we can continue doing it, you know? And I, I like I like the style. I like the play calling. And I like Mitch, how he's actually been performing in this situation, you know? Unfortunately, 
in the first half of the season, he wasn't in the same situation that he's in now, where the plays were called for him to actually make him be more productive. And I think now, with how things are structured now, with a better offensive line, better play calling, things seem to work out better for him. And also, with the emergence of, our, of your boy, Monty, taking the opportunity to get his rushing going on, and I'm glad he's been doing that. So, therefore, it opens things up for Mitch. Well, yeah, I mean, but the thing about it is, in order for Monty to emerge, they had to use him. I mean, this guy, right. they had this guy, man, he was on mothballs, bro. I'm like, man, come on. <laughs> Shit, that's my grandma. She used to do that. Maybe in the wintertime, you put them coats in there, put them mothballs in there. I'm like, boy, that was Montgomery. I'm like, let him play. Let him cook, bro. Um, exactly. So the thing about it is we're seeing, though, what this offense could do when you utilize your weapons, when you put people in places where they can make plays, right? When you use Mitch in a, in a situation where he can be successful. Right. When you get Mooney the ball in space. When you target Allen Robinson and target him often. Right. We're seeing an offense that can move the ball on teams. Oh, I totally agree with you. And you're right. That's one thing I will say. Bill Lazor, unlike Nagy, has figured it out. And I hope this whole reunion right here can continue to go on. I hope next year, because I, I do like what I'm saying. I know there's some people who make say it's an unpopular opinion there. But the thing is, I like what I'm saying from these guys. If they have more time, Together, I think they can probably do a good job together. You know, I'm not saying Mitch is the long-term quarterback, but I would like to see him there with us next year. Yeah, I got no problem with that. As I mentioned, a one-year deal for him next year, I got no problems with that. Right. Who do you give your offensive game ball to today, brother? My offensive game ball went to Allen Robinson. A-Rob, Pam. Pam, the guy who was snubbed for the Pro Bowl, another guy on our team snubbed. Yep. <laughs> I'm going to throw out there. But, yeah, the reason why I picked him, though, bro, because uh, – you know, we were like six for 12 on third down. And I will say with A-Rob on third down, he was an assassin on third down. I oh mean, we went yes, to him. Yeah, we went to him pretty much all year down that standpoint. And then he did a pretty good job there, you know. So I like what he was doing. They were going to him, big plays. And guess what? When he got those third downs, it caused some good things for us to happen. You know, for example, getting touchdowns. So I like that to extend those drives for that reason. Bro, that's a hell of a game ball because you got to think about it, man. He abused that Jaguar secondary on those slants and curl routes all yeah. day long. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, look, that was one of my keys. And you know what? I was kind of happy with that key, man, because it was working it all was day. It was definitely working today. But the, <laughs> but the thing about it is, too, we saw some yards after the catch, and that was an area that I had talked about earlier in the season. of like, dude, A-Rob, if he can get more yards after the catch, bro, that would make him even more awesome as a receiver. We're starting to see the second half of the season. He's looking to turn the plays up the field. And I'm like, thank you, A-Rob. Keep doing that. Oh, yeah. That's that, that's that money moon um, effect right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is, is that what it is? <laughs> that's all, man. That's all. But you know what? The thing is, I like it, though. No doubt. You know, no matter where it came from, I like the fact that he's catching the ball. It's not looking to go down or go out of bounds. He's looking to pick up yards. And you're right. You spot on with that, man. You've been spot on that for um, the past few weeks when you brought that up. And I like the fact that A-Rob has been doing that because, man, they've been extended plays. They've been putting more pressure on that defense. And I'm telling you, man, it's actually put us in some good um, some good field goal range around that standpoint, too. Yep. And he uh, reached 100 receptions on the year for the first time in his career today, too. Oh, awesome, man. A lot of things happening good, man. Even though he got snubbed again for that Pro Bowl, which I think is some BS, but that's just my, that's just my take on it. Yeah, but you know, we talked about it in the preview pod, man. That Pro Bowl continues to be trash because it's all a popularity contest. And uh, you got a lot of people that vote for these Pro Bowls and all-star teams, and a lot of these people don't even understand sports. So that's really what happens with this stuff. You get guys that are deserving that don't get these nods, but you know what? Real people know, and we all know what A-Rob brings to the table. We know the value of 12, extend Allen Robinson. 
I totally agree with you, 100%. Uh, I gave my offensive game ball to my boy Mitch Trubisky. Okay. Now, I will admit, that interception in the first half was horrible. You can't have that, right? Right. Um, he also struggled at times. He had that fumble, but he was able to recover it. And he missed some throws, right? Right. But what I was proud of that even with an I um an uh, you know not ideal start um to the game, bro, he actually turned in a pretty solid performance and he bounced back really well, man, from that first half that was really bad, right? I'm just gonna say this, man. Mr. Trubisky has saved our season. And if the Bears make it to the playoffs, he's also probably saved Matt Nagy's job. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. As a matter of fact, he's making Bill Lazor look really good, too. So right. you're right. I totally agree with you for that standpoint. The only problem I had with him really in the first half really was when he was actually uh, in shotgun to where they have him in the pocket a little bit too much. That's why I see him struggle at really. Other than that, I think he done very well, like you said. And I thought that's a very good game ball because he did execute. I mean, he was cooking, man, especially in that third quarter with the plays he was making. Oh, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And when he ran that thing in, I was like, that's my boy Maserati Mitch, baby. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> and I'm just going to say, man, seeing him back out there, man, these last uh, four weeks, man, and playing solid is slowly making me forget about that nightmare known as Nick Foles. <laughs> It shows you, because you know what? Mitch came back better. I don't think, you know, with the first half, whatever, what was going on, I think Mitch came back better after being benched. I mean, he took everything, you know, very serious. I mean, he took everything serious before, but it's like he came back with a whole new mindset was saying, you know what? This is my last chance to get it starting. I'm going to leave out, leave this all out on a good note. I'm going to leave everything out on the field. And I'll tell you, that kid been executing his butt off, man. He's been playing phenomenal since coming back. That's a hell of a point, A-Dub, because I think so, too. I think you had a guy right there that realized he was playing for his NFL career that we like we've mentioned on the show before, right? And he also probably had a bad taste in his mouth for the way he was benched, right? Right. Mm -hmm. So instead of sulking, what he did, well, you could tell the guy behind the scenes was, you know, prepping. He was getting ready for his his next opportunity, right? And we're seeing that basically Mitch came back ready to play. Absolutely. And you know what? Like you said, if, if we fa- happens to make the playoffs, what this means is, and if Mitch even looked good in the playoffs, what this means for sure is that it's a huge possibility we will sign Mitch back for sure. Yeah, and the unspoken part, Matt yep. Nagy will return as head coach. Right, exactly. Yep. Um, so like I said, this guy, he saved our season uh, because we were headed down a, a fucking, man, I don't know where we were going, bro, but I'm telling you, these episodes recorded with you these last four weeks, man, even though before I'd have an issue with recording the episodes, but they were hard, bro, to get to some of those episodes, <laughs> man. My oh, God. Yeah. I think the biggest load was when uh, Foles got hurt, right? When he got hurt, he was laying on that field like that. Yeah. Beat up. That was the biggest load for me. I was like, man, it can't get any worse than this, kid. <laughs> no, right? Because I was sitting there watching this. I'm like, what is going on right here, man? <laughs> What is this? What is what? What, what are we watching? <laughs> I know, right? It looked horrible, man. Horrible, like a nightmare. Yep. I'm. I'm gonna say selfishly one thing that I was a little upset about our offense. Before we go to your uh, defensive game ball choice, shout out to Artivius Pierce. He got his first career touchdown run today. Yes, he did. But I'm actually playing in my fantasy football championship, and I have David Montgomery on my team. I got staked on that touchdown. That touchdown run should have went to David Montgomery. I'm sorry. That shit bothered me, and I just had to say it. Oh, it well, bothered shout out me to too. You, <laughs> hey, he robbed me too because I have uh, Montgomery on mine as well, my fantasy as well. So I got yeah. robbed a touchdown too. Yeah, we, <laughs> we actually got robbed too because that goal line was should have went to him instead of that end around. 
So Montgomery should have had three touchdown runs today. <laughs> exactly. Man, I got to drive big time, man. Jeez. Man. Yeah, give me my points. For give real, me my pace, Nagy. <laughs> <laughs> what I you guys are doing was uh, touchdown shaving. That's what it was. <laughs> Spread around. Not let one guy get them all. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, so we we joking, guys. We did very, we very happy that, the, that Pierce was able to get his touchdown first out of his career. I just think that when you look at this offense and the fact that we were able to put this team away today, I was very happy about that. Very, very happy about that. And A-Dub, hit us now with your defensive game ball choice. My defensive game ball went to Roquan Smith. I mean, he was out there. He was everywhere. I mean, I mean, one thing I like about him, though, is run now. He can run some of these running backs down, man. I mean, his lateral move, I mean, the guy's pretty quick, pretty fast. Like the fact of him in coverage, he was very good. Uh, one touchdown, he robbed. That's, he, I mean, he knocked, got it out the air on that one. The second one he got, been at the right place at the right time. I mean, yep. good things happen when you're at the right place at the right time. And the fact that we used him a lot in blitz as well, I mean, that helped turn things around for the second half with this play. So I, I do like what Wes offered um, from Smith today. Well, I'll just say this, man. He's an SEC ball player. So that's what you expect from those type of guys. Those guys are game changers. They play the game with speed. And Roquan Smith is all over the field. Yes. And what I see today, because I agree with you, that was also my uh, game ball recipient on defense. This was another all-pro performance from an all-pro player. This guy made plays today when we needed them the most. And those interceptions that he made, I thought those plays were key plays, and they were backbreakers for the Jaguars. They were. They hurt them big time. Yep. And I will say this, man. Roquan made sure that everybody was reminded to put some fucking respect on his name. Now, y'all didn't think that he was a pro bowler? Well, he showed y'all that not only is he a pro bowler, he's all pro. I totally agree with you from that standpoint because, again, he's another one on our team who was snubbed. Not snubbed. He was robbed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he was bamboozled. He was led astray. <laughs> Ran amok. Exactly, man. It got my boy today, but they got him, man. They got him with that, though. But I'm kind of glad he, he continued to play, but continued to show how great of a player he really is. And this year, all the fans who got it wrong, you're going to eat your words, made a wrong decision, made a bad choice. They did, man. And I'm saying Wilbur Marshall's probably somewhere smiling every time he sees that number out there on defense flying around on the field. Shout out to Wilbur Marshall. Right. <laughs> Shout out. Um, who's your underperformer for today? You know what? I didn't really have a real big underperformer today. Um, if I were to pick on anyone who I thought that didn't perform like I wanted to today, it would be, you know, I know people don't like this, but Mac, I didn't see Mac get a lot of pressure out there early on. So for me, I will say he'll probably be my underperformer because I know what he's able to do. And I thought okay. against this type of um, team, I thought he'd get more pressure out there. You know, I thought it took some blitzes to help create some more pressure to get Glennon down. But I thought from that standpoint, with just seeing him not do what he normally would do like he did the previous week, I was like, well, you took a step back. So from that standpoint, I would say he's my underperformer. Okay. You know what? I'm not going to push back on that one. You know me. I'm a, I'm a max stand. But I would say in this ball game, yeah, I didn't see a lot of him. I definitely didn't see a lot of Quinn, but I'll probably watch the tape on this game uh, when it comes out on Wednesday to take a closer look. But yeah, at first glance, I didn't see uh, those guys uh, making impacts out there. Uh, I gave my underperformer, and and to be honest with you, it was tough to give it an underperformer out today because I thought for the most part, we played very well, man, especially when you look at that dominating performance there in that second half. But I gave mine to Vildor. Um, Okay. (laughs) And this is just bit, it's just nitpicking, but I would say he gave up that touchdown to Chark, and he just get he didn't get his head turned around on that play. 
and I'll just say I'm thankful that Jalen Johnson probably will be coming back and playing in Week 17. And and no disrespect to uh, to Vildor because he's a rookie. He's been put in a tough situation, and he's been he's been he's been decent. So you know, I don't I don't want to pick on him, but I would just say on that play, I was like, man, they targeted you, and uh, they they definitely got that deep touchdown on you. Right, right, exactly. They did. That's a good call out, though. But you know what? Who's more responsible for that reason that for that happening is our is our defensive line because that don't happen if we keep the pressure up, you know. So you're right. He did get beat a lot out there, you know. Um, and you're right. He didn't perform from that standpoint. But I got to beat up our, our defensive line for allowing that to happen. Yeah, but the defensive line uh, wasn't the reason why my man didn't turn his head the right way to make a play on the ball. But I do agree. <laughs> but I do agree though that they, if you put pressure on the quarterback, they don't just have time to just sit back there in the pocket like that and pick you apart. And you're right. You got to turn his damn head, too. <laughs> yeah, you got to turn your damn head around, bro. Like, what you doing out here, man? You a DB. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We, we make plays on balls around here, son. Exactly. <laughs> um, but I would just say this, man. Uh, the second half adjustments that they made, we've been very critical of this team uh, when they come out of the locker room after the half of what exactly is going on in the locker room. Well, I would say today, they play like a team that knew that their playoff lives were at stake. And they put this Jaguars team away. We control our own destiny right now, A-Dub. And I would say this, man. There were so many parts of this ball game that I was really happy to see. I love the fact of seeing the fact that David Montgomery was getting those second-half carries because right. any defense that tries to tackle him for four quarters, they're going to have a tough job on their hands because he finishes every run in a physical manner. And that right. takes a toll on the defense after a while. I agree. We also saw some positive uh, yards in the punt return game. And we also saw that the punt returner Carter, he took a big-time helmet-to-helmet hit on that play, but had enough awareness about himself to try to locate the football. And I'm like, right. damn, man, I've seen that hit. I'm like, bro, I don't know if I'd have had enough uh, awareness of myself to just immediately hop up and say, where's that football? Right. I mean, that right. was a hit, man. Oh, yeah, he took another one as well, man. We was on the floor when he got tackled, and yeah. then the guy came over there and gave him a little, you know, uh, another hit. I said, this kid is tough. Yeah, exactly. This kid is tough, man. So it's good to see that he still came back from that big hit. He came back, bounced back from that. And then (laughs) it took another bad hit and bounced back from that as well. So it's a tough kid there. Yeah, but I I like that. I like getting those positive yards in the return game because anytime that we can have those short fields for the offense to work on, we had really good field position in this ballgame today. Yeah, That is something that I really, really uh, enjoyed seeing. Oh, yeah, man. Short field that we executed on. That was awesome to see. But you know what's awesome to see as well? Uh, we finally saw Nagy get fired up on the sideline. You know, when that penalty yep. happened, that hit, yep. the hit, the hit, hit, you know, on Carter. Uh, Nagy was pissed, you know. And I'm like, I don't see Nagy get pissed like that often. When we th- think he should get pissed off, he don't say much. But I thought him getting pissed off shows that, hey, this is a must win. We're trying to win. We're not taking no prisons today. And we're not letting nothing slide today. Yeah, but also, I thought what was key on that is he didn't have his head in that fucking play sheet. So he actually <laughs> saw what happened on the field. <laughs> you were spot on, my brother. <laughs> that is so true. <laughs> that's that's why you see him fired up over there. He's probably finally seeing what's happening on the field. He's like, wait, that's not right. Exactly. Huh. <laughs> Let me look out for my boy over here. You know, he saw it. You're right. He finally he, seen something. But he lit into that uh, had that right official. And then you saw them. They made the call. You yep. Know? Rightfully so. That was good yeah. to see from Nagy. Yep. But yeah, man, the Bears, they did what they needed to do today. You beat a 1-13 ball club that's obviously looking to tank to get Lawrence, right? Right. 
You know, we had, you know, Phil Smith on our pod and he was even saying how the fan base, they've seemed to embrace that tanking idea. Now, listen, me personally, I'm not one of these type of fans that wants my team to lose, but I'm not going to begrudge those guys. You, you guys get down how you get down. But I would say for me, fuck draft position. I want my team to be competing. And I am so happy that we're in this situation right now. where We're one win away from clinching a playoff spot, A-Dub. Right, exactly. Like you said, we controlled our own destiny right now. So we're in a good position. All we got to do now is close it out. That's all we got to do because this ball club is peaking at the right time, bro. We're playing very balanced on offense. We got a defense that's still a sleeping giant because we know that this defense is not playing up to its capabilities right now. And my thing is, if we could get a, a scheme and a game plan on that, on that side of the ball that can match what the offense is doing right now to go with our strong kicking game, bro... This team right here could be really exciting in the playoffs because I'm going to tell you, the NFC isn't as strong as, as, uh, as people think it is. Right. And the thing is, the NFC really is any given Sunday. If you've ever been watching these games, there's like teams lost to other teams you think they will lose to. So to me, I think the NFC is more wide open than, than the AFC. And right now, anybody can be beating the NFC. Exactly. So I'll just say this, man. On the Green Bay, one game left. And I'll tell you one thing, man, uh, rivalry game, whatever you want to call it. But this game right here, we got to play well both halves. There could be no more of this. One half, we sleepwalk, and then the second half, we decide to start playing. We have to bring it. I totally agree with you. And what I like this game here is, like you said, we came out in third quarter and scored. We can do this against the Packers, come out and play very well in third quarter. Oh, man, we will look like a totally different team. Yes, sir. And no cute play calls. Matt Nagy, just watch the game out there. Make sure all your guys are good on the sideline. Let Bill Lazor cook. Let Bill Lazor do his thing, bro. Exactly. Stay out of the way. Exactly. Let my boy Miss continue to work out that bootleg. Let him go out those play action fakes. Let him go ahead and work in that in, in, in that offense, that style. I'm telling you right now, it's been working for us for, what, four weeks, whatever. Let it continue to work for us. It's going to work. Yep. And feed Monty. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. Man, I'm just, I'm really excited just to see where this team is going right now. But man, let, let's get into these fan reactions. Yes, so, sir. <laughs> the, the first fan reaction came from Chicago Crux. Um, and his uh, fan reaction was in response to George Kittle's press conference. I don't know if you got a chance to check that out, A-Dub. But basically when the Niners beat the Cards, he basically said, you know, go Bears and bear down at the end of it. Like he was basically giving us a shout out. Right. And so... Uh, Chicago Crook said that win was for George Kittle. That shit got a lot of us fans hyped for this Bears game. We needed that. Then he said, bear down, George. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. That did give that got me hyped, man. The fact that we put the L on those guys on them, the Cardinals, that said the door is wide open for us now to, to, to sneak in. So from that standpoint, we got all the momentum. And you know what? We appreciate the shout out from uh, 49ers on that, on that there. So it really helped us. We got that momentum there. We came in. They looked flat. That first half, the second half, we showed that, hey, everything matters. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. And and George Kittle's a beast. He's such a fucking good ball player. Yeah, I like that shout out. <laughs> yep. Shout out to you, man. Uh, the next uh, fan reaction came from Cousin Heidi. She's getting two two nods on the pod. Okay. So, this was dope, though. She says, this is her <laughs> talking to Mitch after that red zone pick. She says, Mitchell Trubisky, I have been more than supportive to you, but that throw was absolute shit. Throw it out of bounds. We don't need you to prove anything at this point. Just keep us in the game. 
I totally agree with that standpoint. Uh, Mitch is being a little bit doing a little bit too much. That was one of those plays where he was actually in the pocket, right? Yeah. And I was like, in that play, you know, you could have just ran it, which he could have, what, but he didn't. Remember, because he scrambled right and went yep. back. Yep. He was just running around. He was running, running around. around. Could have always ran it for the first yardage for when he had a chance to do so. But Mitch made that play tougher than what it really was. Now I thought from that standpoint, that's a bad read by Mitch, bad throw, and it cost us. It did, man. And that's why Bill Lavis has been really great with like shrinking the field so that Mitch doesn't have to overthink <laughs> things out there. Cause yeah, we, we don't want that shit. Cause that's now that's the second one of those red zone picks that we've seen. And we got to cut that out because in the playoffs, if we make it, you don't want to see that type of shit happening. Exactly. That could have cost us at least a field goal right there when he did it. So yeah. And thank God the Roquan uh, got that pick. So we got that field goal back. Right. Exactly. Yep. All right, man, your next fan reaction came from Alex Abrams. And he basically said, Montgomery hitting 1,000 yards with how abysmal the play calling was earlier in the season shows just how talented this dude is. Oh, I totally agree. Our offensive line was atrocious for a period of time for him on the foes, right? And so we revamped it. But to get 1,000 yards, man, out of all of that and how our line has been, it does show how good this kid really is. And I'm happy for him because next year, by line continue to make progression, uh, we're going to look pretty good next year. Absolutely, brother. Last fan reaction came over from Jason Crump. He said, one win in the books, one to go. Bring on the Packers, baby. <laughs> Bring on the Packers. We got to finish those guys off. And you, one thing I'm looking at right here as well, Prez, you may be looking at the same thing. If they see any signs of your boy, number 12, in danger, they might pull him because they want him for the playoffs, right? But right. they see some danger. They might decide to do that. So I will say for our Bears, let's put the pressure on those guys. Let's keep, hey, look, let's keep at it. Let's keep the momentum going. We're in good shape. We got all the momentum. We own our own destiny. We own our own fate. Let's execute, baby. I'll just say this, man. Um, we we don't even know what happens going to happen with the Packers this week. What if they win, you know, here in week 16? Right. Is there a chance that they may decide to rest their starters? We don't yep. know. So those are some things that we'll figure out here as we as we get closer. But I'll tell you this. With Aaron, without Aaron, the, the mentality still has to be the same. We got to finish the job. We control our own destiny, right? So we got right. nobody to blame but ourselves if we don't make the playoffs. You made a good point, though, brother, when you said about today's game. So if they win or don't win, I don't know. You're right. But either way it go, we got to play. Absolutely, man. Well, man, we just want to thank all of uh, our listeners, all of our followers on social media for supporting this podcast this year, man. This has been a really, really fun ride. This season's had a lot of ups and downs. It's been a roller coaster all the way around. But, man, it's been a fun one. And, and me and A-Dub, man, we've enjoyed this journey, man. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. It's been a journey. And I want to thank you all again for following us and keeping tabs with us. And, um, again, tune into those games as well. It's been awesome. Again, been a tough season. But you know what? We're still in it. So thank you all. That's right, man. Bear down. A-Dub, going to sign us off, bruh. Thanks for listening to the Very Centrist Podcast. This show is now available on Apple Podcasts. You can also find us on Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts. On our next episode, we will be joined by a friend of the podcast, True Biscuits and Gravy, as we preview the Week 17 matchup against the Packers. Bear Nation, come down with us. Hey.